Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now are you ready? Now I'm ready. Hallelujah. Turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 17. We're going to look at a a very familiar story. Maybe you've heard it before. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you've uh, read it recently. I know many of you are listening to the Bible and going through the Bible in a year. And a lot of these stories are are familiar. This is a a, a very uh, familiar passage for preachers to preach. And uh, we, we just want to glean some lessons today out of the Word of God. Because I believe... Every person, every Christian, uh, not just in your walk with God, but just in life. How many just live in life? Anybody live in life? Anybody going, just get up and going to work? Uh, you got a wife or a husband to take care of. You got kids to take care of. You're doing, you know, you're taking kids to school, going to soccer games, doing this. It's just life. Life is busy. You go grocery shopping and you do laundry and, uh, that lasts all year, right? You're like, I just did that. And you turn right around and you do it again. It's just, it's repetitious and it's called life. But in life, things happens to us and we have an opportunity to learn. You know, everything that God does, everything that we go through is for a purpose. Everybody say, it's for a purpose. It's own purpose. Nothing happens just by accident. You may think that, but God had a plan. And so God said, I go before you. And so God knows your future. God knows what's happening even when we don't. And so it's why we've got to learn to trust God. And we're going to talk today. I want to talk to you today about when your brook dries up. 1 Kings chapter number 17, as you turn there, I, I want to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, today we thank you that as we pr- declare this word, that you're going to speak to hearts. Lord, there's those here today, maybe they're in that situation. Maybe their brook is dried up or is drying up and they do not know what to do next. Father, I pray that today that we'll learn, that we'll look at some steps, Father, that Elijah went through and we can learn from him. We thank you, Lord, that it'll be life-changing for us. And everybody said a big amen. amen. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, what does it mean? What is a brook drying up experience? Well, uh, let me just give you a little definition of your brook drying up. It's those difficult times when things we need or want are scarce. You may know what that's like. But in the struggle, in the scarcity, in the lack, in the the, the want, in the need, God finds a way to stretch us and stretch our faith and to help us grow. Because listen, you don't grow in the good times. You grow in the bad times. You don't grow on the mountaintop experiences. You grow in the valley. The mountaintop's beautiful. You get a view, but up there is rocky. It's dry. It's down in the valley where it's fertile, where there's rain, where there's good soil. It's through the tough times in life that we see what we're made of and we grow into something beautiful. God is stretching you today. Anybody ever remember that toy, uh, Stretch Armstrong? And you get to <laughs> stretch him out here and stretch him out there. You ever feel like that's what God's doing to you? And you're like, Lord, I think I've been stretched enough. But you know what the good thing is? Is that when, 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 the, when you let go, he, co- he goes back to normal. So thank God. I mean, if we stayed in the stretching, all of us, I mean, we would look funny, wouldn't we? We would be all, we'd have one long leg, one long arm, and we one long ear, because God grabs me by my ear sometimes and just pulls me like my mama makes me do things. And, uh, but you know what? Thank God. We, we go through those tough situations and we bounce back. Everybody say, I'm going to bounce back. <laughs> Amen. Listen, everyone has dry brook situations. 
Everyone endures these experiences. Everybody. We look at all the men and women of faith and the great things that God did. We look at Abraham and Sarah. Wow. They received the promise of God and God gave them a seed and amen. God made a great nation out of Isaac. But look at this. I mean, they had to wait 50 years. That's a stretch. She was 90 years old. He was 99. That's a stretch. That's a little bit beyond their childbearing years. But listen, you don't have to. Listen, God doesn't put you in a box. Don't put God in a box. Don't say, God, I'm past. I'm beyond the days of miracles. I'm past the time you can use me. That Those days are gone. Listen, with God, all things are possible. Amen. Moses, after answering the call, and he had this burning bush experience, and he goes back to Egypt where he's a fugitive from, and he speaks to the most powerful man in the land that day, Pharaoh, and he says, let my people go. After a lot of things that happened that God showed up, he did. God delivered the Israelites out, millions of people came out, and then... Moses had to endure the next 40 years of murmuring and complaining and griping. Uh, I mean, how would you like to have that as a pastor? That was a stretch. God stretched him. He said, Lord, I can't talk. I can't do this. I can't do that. But you know what? Listen, it's God. It doesn't matter what your abilities are. It depends on your availability. Because God is able if you're willing. The question today is, are you willing? Are you willing to allow God to stretch you? Are you willing to say, Lord, I will go through a difficult time. I will learn my lessons in that difficult time. Amen. God will deliver. God will do miracles. God will do some amazing things if you'll allow him. Here's Job. We know the story of Job. Righteous man. He ended up losing everything in a day. But because he kept his attitude right, he didn't charge God foolishly. When that season was over, God doubled everything he had. But man, God stretched him. Talk about your brook drying up. He had houses and lands and children and, and cattle and, and donkeys and sheep. And he had, I mean, money, everything. He was blessed and he lost it all in a day. Most of the time, brooks don't dry up in one day. But when they do, what are you going to do? When you walk into the office and they say you're no longer needed. When a loved one, suddenly a spouse or a child is taken and passes away because of an accident. When those suddenlies in life happen, tragedy strikes and the brook dries up. What are we going to do then? Are we going to be faithful to God? Are we going to honor what God has called us to do? Are we going to quit? Are we going to give up? We're going to turn and run from God when things don't go our way. Oh, you remember Ezekiel, this visionary preacher. His first pastorate was to a bunch of dry bones. You want to be a pastor? Here you go. The first church of the dry bones. And then God asked him a question. Can these bones live again? And you know what? Ezekiel was a smart man, apparently, because he said, Lord, only you know. <laughs> oh, God, am I ever going to get out of this situation? Is this going to happen? Lord, only you know. But then God said, speak to him. Begin to declare to him. Begin to preach to those dry bones. You may have a dead situation. Talk about your brook drying up. Your brook's really dry when all the skin and sinews and muscles gone, and you're, not, you're left with nothing but a skeleton. I was diving, I went diving yesterday and uh, down probably about 25 feet on a, under a, a platform. I was coming down, the, the water was really murky, probably about 4 or 5 feet visibility. And I came around this corner and there they had a, a, an old skeleton with a dive mask on. <laughs> For a second, you see things like that, it takes you back, but you know, I, I, I remembered it was there. But uh, that's dry. Even though it was wet. Some things look like been there a long time. 
looks like an impossibility that that guy could ever live again. But only God knows. What can God do with your situation? What can God do in your circumstance? He said, preach to that, to declare it. You know, when I saw that, I, I didn't go over and lay hands on it and start praying to c- command it to come back to life again. <laughs> I just swam on. <laughs> That's kind of how we do in life, huh? We see people in situations and needs and problems, and <laughs> we're just like, well, bless your heart. And we move on. Because we don't know what we can do. But then God says, speak to it. Come on, what are you speaking to your brook? Maybe you're the one sucking the water out of your own brook. Maybe you're the what's causing the drought. We're going to find out about that in just a second. Maybe, remember, remember, remember Daniel? Prayer warrior. But one of his noon prayers got him thrown in a lion's den. I mean, listen, he worked in the government. He was a leader. He had a place of importance. People, he had people under him, and he was the boss of a lot of folks, and he had favor. But you know what? Somebody, amen, got, the devil got in there, and they, they, they connived, and the devil's got a plan for you. Don't ever forget that. Just because everything's going good, amen, behind the scenes, the devil's looking for a way to trip you up, to find fault, to be able to get you. But you know what? Amen, Daniel found all of a sudden his brook dried up. Amen, he, it didn't matter his position, didn't matter his job, didn't matter his relationship with the king. He finds himself at the bottom of a lion's den. Oh, but when your brook dries up, you find out God's even there. God's even there. He was there before. He knows what's going on. Remember Hosea? Man, he, he, he's, a, he's a type of Christ. And he, he, he wanted, he took, God told him to marry Hagar. She, was a, she turned out to be a loose woman. And every time she cheated on him, I mean, he, he'd hurt. But he would love her. And finally, God, she was on the auction block. And God said, go buy her back again. The type of the church. Hey, I man, we fail and we mess up and we, we keep running away and we keep being unfaithful. But God keeps on coming back. Amen. And by his own blood, by his own death, he purchased us again. Sometimes, whew, man, that's a stretch. Are you willing? Can you do something like that? Somebody that's been unfaithful to you. Somebody that's hurt you. Somebody that's talked about you bad. Amen. Are you willing to forgive them and take them back in relationship or as a friend or whatever? Listen, sometimes God has a way of stretching you. Stretch your faith. Stretch your heart. Stretch your mind. Stretch yourself. Can I? Can I do it? Man, we see they, they were normal people. Yet God stretched them. And they were able to do what God asked them to do. Man, we think about Mary. The wedding dress is bought. The pictures are taken. The catering's all set up. Everything's done. Then she has to go tell her fiancé, I'm with child. Think about Joseph. He's excited. He's preparing everything. All the, in just a moment time, his brook dried up. He's devastated. He's heartbroken. See, here's here's the thing. Just like him, we're the same way. We do not know the rest of the story. We don't know what happened behind the scenes. We don't know what God's doing. We don't know what the future holds. All we know is our supply, our strength, our health, our relationship. All that God was doing and all that was flowing through our life, all of a sudden, it's gone. And we feel dry and we feel hopeless and we feel sad and we feel alone. And, 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 and that's the time we would go into depression and discouragement because everything that I had and everything I was counting on has dried up. But thank God we know the rest of that story. She was telling the truth. And God spoke to Joseph and said, don't worry. Come on, she's telling the truth. And thank God for, for how that story ended up. But you know what? Our stories can end up with a good, happy ending too if we won't give up and quit when the brook dries up. So what do we do? Somebody say, what do we do? So we look at uh, 1 Kings chapter number 17. And let's just get the story straight out of the Word of God. 
And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, whom I stand there, shall, there shall not be dew or rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, turn thee eastward, hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. It shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. I've commanded ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there was no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake. I have but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in, dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Kind of sounded like her brook's drying up, doesn't it? And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said. Make me, therefore, a little cake first. How dare him? And bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. That's the whole story. Now let's go back and look at what happened here and and what uh, I want to get to just in a little bit. Now we're, we're talking about a time in Israel... Uh, listen, they had, they had lived, they lived in houses they didn't build, they were eating out of vineyards they didn't plant. Amen, God had brought them into a land and they were being blessed. But little by little by little their hearts were being turned from God. Wickedness. And now King Ahab had risen. And the Bible says that he was more wicked than all of those before him. And they had done some pretty bad stuff. They had brought in his daddy and they had brought in all kind of idol worship. He had made a treaty with uh, the Assyrians. He had brought in their idols. He even had Ahab marry a daughter, Jezebel. She brought in her gods. All of this and little by little their hearts were turned from the true and living God. And they were pagans. I mean this is not what God wanted for his people. Amen. They had left what God had. They'd, they'd done exactly what God had told them not to do. And it was no wonder God did what he did. Because it was a promise. He said, if you do this, I'm going to close up the heavens above you. You see, they, they, they had failed teaching their children. Generation couple of generations had passed that knew God, worshipped God, honored God. But they didn't teach their kids. Their kids didn't want to. I don't want to go to church like mama made me. And they knew better, but they didn't teach their kids. And there rose a generation that didn't know anything about God. Sound familiar? We're living in that day right now. Where we're raising up a generation... The parents knew. The parents, the, their parents went. They didn't but knew. And now we have a generation that knows nothing. And we're on the brink of extinction. 
And if we don't, if a revival don't break out and we don't, I mean, it's little pockets here and there and there's good Christians and there's people who love God. But as a whole, the world, I mean, it's forgotten. We don't know. We're taking everything. Let's get away from God. And we're getting to the point that they were in this day. And God had to do something about it. I mean, there comes a time in all of our lives, amen, that something happens and our brook dries up a relationship or a job or a bank account or a business or a marriage or a dream we have. Amen, it's just so real, but then it just kind of somehow dries up. Elijah comes on the scene in a time to where materialism and secularism and uh, really spiritual demonism I mean, they've set it up. Je- Jezebel is brought in to God Baal. And, I mean, they're worshiping in the temple. And it's all kind of crazy things. Matter of fact, it wasn't too many years ago they found the altar of Baal. And behind it, a graveyard for all the babies that had been sacrificed to that God. Sound kind of like today? We live in a time where more babies have been killed than any other. We live in a time now... To where Planned Parenthood has just uh, put out a new t-shirt celebrating I had an abortion. Pushing. Listen, it used to be a sad thing. It used to be a, a thing we didn't talk about. It used to be, but now it's celebrated. It's now uh, right in our legislation when they sign a bill to be able to kill a baby right up to birth. They stand and clap. Something is wrong with this generation. And I'm afraid that the Bible says not only those that do it. But those that take pleasure in them that do it are going to be judged. Be careful who you line yourself up with. Because you're going to be judged accordingly. This is what happened. You say, you mean God would judge an entire nation? Oh yeah. When it gets to that point, when God says, I've had enough. A man came on the scene. Not, not a lot's known about Elijah. <laughs> not much is known. I mean, he just kind of shows up. He's a, he's a man. He steps up. He gets out of his comfort zone. He heard a word from God. And he was bold. And he stepped up and said, There's not going to be any rain until I say so. How bold is it to go right on the devil's territory and tell him, It's going to be my word. How powerful are your words? How powerful are your words? When you step up by faith and declare, Thus saith the Lord, your words have power. Ahab, I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. And he's like, well, who are you? No matter who I am, I'm just here to tell you, Thus saith the Lord. There's not going to be any rain. Now, listen, when Elijah spoke that, when we're bold to step up and say, hey, there's not going to be any rain, I wondered if he stopped to think about that was going to affect him too. Because judgment affects everybody. When the rain stops, did you remember what the Bible says? It rains on the just and the unjust. But when we have a drought... It affects the just and the unjust. Everybody was having a tough time. And God told Elijah, said, hey, I want you. Listen, uh, things are fixing to get ugly around here. When people get thirsty, when everything starts drying up, when food starts going away, I mean, they're going to be looking for you. You're going to have a bounty on your head. But I have a plan. How many knows God has a plan? Don't ever worry. When God tells you to say something, when God tells you to speak something into existence, when you declare something, God has a plan. He has an escape route. God said, go down to the brook Cherith, and there I've commanded a raven. Now, ravens, they'll even abandon their own young. They're not that good at taking care. But when God commands them, Every day, they brought flesh. Now, I can understand that they're flesh eaters. I don't know where they got it and if he cooked it. But they also brought bread. (laughs) 
Yeah, probably from the king's table. They flew in his window, got his loaf of bread, and flew it to the man of God. I don't know where they got it, but listen, again, it wasn't the only time God made a bakery out in the middle of nowhere, huh? He's always provided bread for his people. Whoa, and here, here Elijah is, and, and scholars say this could have been up to a year. Here he is, his own little oasis, his river, his little creek is flowing. This bird delivers his meals twice a day. I mean, how much better can you get it? I got it made, Lord. I don't, I, listen, I can just stay right here from now on. I've got no troubles. All is well. I, those poor people out there, I know, you know, I mean, they, they didn't have cell phones. He went like he's sitting up there watching TV and the news, you know, what's going on. He really didn't know what was happening all around him. He just knew, my tummy's full, my thirst is quenched. I'm good. And then he wakes up. And he goes to get him a drink. He just ate his sandwich. And he's thirsty. And he goes to dip his cup. And his brook dried up. Wait, 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 wait a minute, Lord. I thought you were going to sustain me. Wait a minute, God. You promised that you would never leave me or forsake me. And now it's time for the evening meal and the bird don't show up. Now I'm getting hungry and thirsty. So do you throw a pity party? Do you go back to the king? Do you say, I changed my mind? Do you... Say, Lord, okay, it's time to let it rain now. I think, I've, I think they've learned their lesson. Do you, do you just sit down and die of thirst and hunger? What do you do when your brook dries up? Let's look and see what Elijah did. Because I think there's some lessons in here that we can learn from. And I think we can definitely put to, into action ourselves. And we'll jump way down the line. Look at verse 8. What does verse 8 say? And the word of the Lord came unto him. Now, what was Elijah's first word? We, we can go back and say, well, that was when God told him to go and you know all that, but I'm not talking about the, not, not the prophecy. When you've done what God's told you to do, and you get a word from God, you need to obey. So God, the first thing, the first word he got was go to Brook Cherith. And he went. He obeyed God. He got in position. So many times people get a word, but they don't even get in position to receive the blessing from the word. Let me ask you a question. If he had not gone to the brook Cherith, what would have happened? He'd, he'd have been hungry and thirsty just like everybody else. If he'd have said, you know what, I think I'll stay right here. And, and prayed every day. Oh, Lord, provide. Listen, the Lord did provide. The Lord gave him a word. Go to the brook Cherith. But I don't want to go down there. I don't want to be by myself. I want to stay with my family. I want to stay with my friends. I don't want to leave the, the, where I'm at. When you get a word from God, you better go because with God's word comes God's provision. And he stayed there. He didn't leave when the brook dried up. What do you do when your brook dries up? You wait on another word from God. Stay where you're at until God tells you to leave. Don't leave your job just because you had a bad day. Don't leave your job just because somebody got mad at you and the boss got on to you. Don't leave until God says leave. Stay. Stick it out. Come on. Because everything can change in a moment. What looks bad today can be good tomorrow. Listen, Elijah found out when the brook dried up, 
he required a new word from God. Okay, God, what do I do now? Take just a moment and just say, Lord. Lord. What do I do now? Now wait on a word. Let's see what he says. Let's don't get impatient. Let's don't just get up and move to where we want to go. Because see, God's next provision comes with his next word. If you go where you want to go, that may not be where God wants you to go. If you do what you want to do, it may not be what God wants to do. And God's not given provision based on what you want. It's based off what He wants. And so the Word of the Lord came. Listen, God's Word will come. But you've got to stay put in the place God has placed you until the Word comes. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't run when things get tough. When the river dries up, when the brook dries up, when you get thirsty, you get desperate. That's a time to seek God. It's not a time to throw in the towel and give up and quit. Listen, get on your knees. Get in the Word of God and say, Father, you gave me the Word to come here. You've blessed this time. You've watered me. you fed me. Now, what's next? And wait till you get a Word from God. Amen? Verse 9 declares, arise. Everybody say, arise. arise. <laughs> kind of makes me wonder if he was a little down. Has the Lord ever had to tell you to get up, rise up, perk up, straighten up? Come on, get, get out of the mullet groves. Get out of your depression. Get out of your, your fear and your worry. Arise. Come on, get up. I know the brook's dry. I know you're confused. I know you're thirsty and hungry. I know things look bad. But get up. You're never going to get anywhere if you don't get up. Get up. He said, arise and go to Zarephath. Listen, a dry brook requires a worthy response to God. God's plan sometimes makes no sense. Listen, God, wait, 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 wait a minute. Don't you think when God first spoke to him and said, hey, I want you to go down to the brook, a bird's going to deliver your meals, do what? That, that makes no sense. But when he got in position... And he got by the brook, and the bird showed up with food, and he did it every day. He said, hmm, I guess God was right. I guess God does know what he's talking about. I, I didn't hear. God hadn't lost his mind. But all of a sudden, a new word comes. Arise. Okay, where are we going, Lord? Go to Zarephath. Oh, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not even in Israel. That's, not, that, that's in another country. That's what we would know of now as maybe Lebanon. That, that, yeah. Those people don't know nothing. But did you know it wasn't just Israel, the surrounding area, that was having trouble? I mean, listen, trouble spreads. And they were in famine. Have you ever, have you ever told no, God no? Listen, your no is not just knocking you out of provision, but it could be knocking somebody else out of their provision. Somebody else is desperate. There's somebody about to die. Somebody's about to give up. Somebody's about to quit. And you are the answer to their prayer, but you're back at your dry brook, mully-grubbing and griping and crying and complaining and depressed, and God said, get up and go, and you sat and pouted. And somebody else is about to starve because of your disobedience. It's not... All about you. God is trying to use you to be a blessing. But it takes obedience on your part. You can sit right there by your dried up brook and you'll die and others will die. Or you can get up and obey God and God will supply your needs and do miracles for others along the way. 
God has a plan. God knows what he's doing. What do you mean a widow? I mean, what, what, what can a widow do for me? What, and she, she's poor. What, I, I, need, I need somebody in, the, in the, uh, uh, the, the palace. I need somebody rich that can take care of me. No, 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 no. You just need somebody that will obey God. Somebody that will watch by faith. Somebody that will stretch their faith and do something Big when God asks them. See, God's trying to stretch your faith. God's trying to teach you. God's trying to open your heart. God's trying to open your eyes. Come on, get up from your dry brook and stop. Yes, it was a good time. It was a fertile time. It was a blessed time. But that time's over. What's next? Somebody say, God, what's next? God's got a good thing for you. You just got to walk by faith and you got to walk in obedience. Amen? Dry brooks require willing vessels. I said dry brooks require willing vessels. God, I'm willing. I want to accomplish your purpose. How, how many times have storms come into our life and we said, Lord, I, I don't understand. But then God worked it for our good. Huh? He worked it for our good. There's been so many times we've seen, uh, you know, little times. Anybody ever had a hailstorm? Hit your house? Tore up your shingles? And then you got a new roof. And insurance paid for it. Wasn't that a blessing? Listen, storms of life have a way. God can bring good out of something bad. But we've got to be willing to say, yes, Lord. Come on, Elijah gets down there, and uh, he sees this little lady. She's picking up sticks. And he says, oh, ma'am, could, could, could you get me a glass of water? So she's trudging along to get him a little sip of water. He said, oh, by the way, while, while, while you're there, could you get me some bread, too? I'm kind of hungry. Can you just picture it in your mind? She turned around and said, sir, I don't have a piece of bread. Listen, you're in a bad shape when you don't have a piece of bread. Huh? I don't have a piece of bread to give you. I got a little water. I've got enough meal to make one cake. Enough oil to mix it up. Me and my son are going to have our last meal. What? What if he'd have waited? What if he'd have pouted by the brook two more days? What if he'd have stayed there three more days? Or what if he'd have took a month off? I've got enough for one more. And then we're going to die. He says, well, praise the Lord. Could you make that one and bring it to me? That's just rude. You see, when God's working on you, He's also working on other people. Because God knows there's only one way to be blessed, and that's to give. Give, and you shall receive. He's working on Elijah with, with, with his obedience and with his faithfulness and listening to God and, and God speaking to him. And hey, you look at all through the life of uh, Elijah. Every time God spoke to him, he did it. People say, I want to I have the ministry of Elijah. <laughs> okay, he bade God every time. Are you going to do that in your ministry? He went through some tough stuff. But when God said do it, he did it. But God's working on her too. God knows your desperate situation. God knew her desperate situation. It's amazing how God can put two desperate people together and work out a miracle. He had nowhere to go, no water, no food. She had one left. But she obeyed. Talk about God stretching her faith. Stretching her. Now that's all I have for me and my child. See, what she doesn't know is verse 17's coming. 
See, y'all don't even know what's in verse 17. Don't read it. Stop reading verse 17. <laughs> Everybody's head went down. Okay, I'll tell you. The boy dies. Okay. Yeah, now you know. See, she had no idea that her son was going to get sick and die. All she knows is, I'm about to die right now. See, verse 17 is a long time off. The drought lasted three and a half years. He possibly was at that brook, maybe a year. We don't exactly know. The scholars say somewhere around a year. And then he moves from there and he goes on down to Zarephath because she's in drought too. And she's got a son that's going to die in the future. But before she can have faith for a dead son, she's got to have enough faith to just take a little cake and give it to the man of God. See, David had to kill a lion and a bear before he could kill a giant. See, the Lord was getting her ready for her next miracle before she ever had her first one. And so, she obeys. He said, ma'am, if you'll get me some water and, hey, grab me some cake and all I have is for one more, okay, go ahead and fix it and bring it to me. And because I'm telling you, here's what the Lord says. If you'll do that, your meal will never run dry and the oil won't run dry as long as this drought is in effect. And the Bible says that she obeyed. She brought the cake to the man of God and for the rest of the drought, every time she went to the barrel, it had enough meal for another meal. It had enough oil to mix up again. Think about all the stuff. I'm telling you, one day she mixed up that meal and made some, some tortillas. And, and then, then she had some. She, then she fried that and they probably had some tostadas. And, and, and then one, she took that and made some donuts. Hey, listen, widow ladies know how to cook some stuff now. She took what she had. I'm sure she made a lot of different varieties of stuff. Now, is it better to get fed by a bird or a widow woman with some skills? Come on. Listen, God wasn't trying to kill him. God was trying to better him. God, listen, flesh and, and, and a piece of bread is okay, but isn't a full meal better? When God moves you from one place to the other, He's not. when your brook dries up here, it's not because He's trying to kill you. He's trying to teach you obedience, but He's trying to get you to a better place. Why can't we understand that? Because that didn't last forever either. But guess what? He moved on. And everywhere he went, God supplied, God took care. Amen. God answered his prayers. God did some amazing stuff in his life. But obedience is the key. Everybody say obedience. You got to obey God. You've got, listen, you just got to do some stuff. If you, listen, you, you got to be a willing vessel. You've got to have the right response to God. The response is when God says move to move. Amen. Don't say, no, I, I can't afford to. I, I, no, I, I don't want to. No, I, I, I'm afraid to. Because we get comfortable where we're at. But listen, God's trying to move you to somewhere better. God's got better for you. Listen, when this woman gave out of her need, when she gave first, she never ran out. What do you have today that you can give to God? What, 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 what is it that you, you're desperate for? Where is your brook drying up? And... and, and what is the next step? What is the next move? Where is God trying to get you to? You see, I can't answer all those questions. You've got to get a word from God for you. Because when my brook dries up, I, 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 I get a different word than you do. God's got a different plan for me than he does you. But he's trying to get us all fed. And our supply and our needs met. And he's using us to meet each other's needs. So, now let's go to 17. Now, they've lived this for a long time. We don't know exactly how long. Could have been a couple of years. Man, they've eaten every day. They're blessed. Elijah, no doubt, gets to know this kid. 
I mean, he, he likes this family, and they're blessed. And the, the, the lady, I know that she probably forgot about what God, because she just gets used to. Now, how many know every, you get used to a miracle? Every day when she went to the cupboard, there was food. But pretty soon, she just expected it. We, we get used to the miracles of God daily in our life. We, we forget every morning when we break up, what we, when we break up, when we wake up and go, that's a miracle. The breath that you breathe is a miracle. But we get used to them. But one day, the Bible says, the boy got sick. The widow cried out, and he died. And the woman said, Elijah. You men of God, why have you come to my house to bring my sin back on me? And now she's blaming the man of God. Kind of sounds like us, don't it? Elijah picked him up, took him to his room, and prayed, and he did what God said and stretched out and prayed. And God raised that boy back from the dead. He took the boy back down to his mama and said, Here he is, he's alive and well. And then the woman said, Now I know you're a man of God. I didn't know it when God supplied my food for a couple of years at your word. But now I know. What, what is it? What does it take to get you to know that God's in control? What does it take? Is it just supplying your daily needs? Or is it raising your son what does it take for you to know wow God is God and God is good and God is my supply And listen number one be obedient stay where God has put you until God tells you to move when your brook dries up get another word what's next and then be willing to go wherever God sends you it don't make sense but obey be a willing vessel Speak what God says to speak. Do what God says to do. And then God will use you. You might be what fills up somebody else's empty brook. Hmm? You might be the water that satisfies someone else. Don't miss your opportunity to be a blessing. To give. Because it may be in your giving that meets your next miracle. You don't know what's in the future. I don't know what's in the future. I don't know what's in store for our family, for our life, for our church. I don't know what's happening in the world. I just know that God is our supply. And God has never failed us yet. And when our brook runs dry, let's get on our face before God. And let's say, God, what's next? Let's get up. Come on, let's eat. let's arise. Everybody say arise. Let's get in position for the next step. Let's get in position for a miracle. And then let's be obedient when God says go. But it's kind of hard to go until you get up, isn't it? Huh? So how many is ready to go? Apparently you're not. Because you can't go till you get up. <laughs> so God said, arise. And then what did he say? Go. It's kind of hard to go till you get up. So now that you're up, are you ready to go? Ready to do what God's called you to do? Ready to go into your next miracle, ready to step into your next uh, position, into your next anointing, into your next position, into your next ministry, until doing what God has called you to do next. Yesterday was great, but man, what am I going to do tomorrow? I can tell you God wants your tomorrow to be better than your yesterday. Amen. Let's not be satisfied with a bird's rations. Come on, let's get to where we can get some good meals. Amen. Heavenly Father, today we're so grateful for the Word of God. What do we do when our brook dries up? Father, for some, their brook's been dried up for weeks, months, even years. And they're still there. 
They've not obeyed the next word. They've been too busy pouting and complaining and griping about the brook drying up that they haven't heard the next word. Many have heard the word, but they've been disobedient to the word. They didn't get up. They just stayed down. You don't want us to stay down, discouraged, sad, depressed. Arise. Get up. Now go. Lord, speak to us where to go. Where do we go? What do we do? Who are you going to connect us with? Who are we going to come in contact with this week that is desperate for a miracle? And our meeting is going to be kingdom connection and we're going to be the water for their brook and they're going to be the miracle supply for us. What's next, Lord? Well, Lord, we're all up and we're ready to go. So I ask you to speak. Give us a word. Give us direction. Give us a plan. And then let me be obedient. And you'll bring it to pass. Everyone pray with me, dear Lord Jesus. My brook's drying up. What's next? Don't let me stay here. Sad. Depressed. Wishing I had it all back. Wishing for yesterday. Missing today. I need something new tomorrow. Speak to me. A new word. A new direction. A new plan. And I determine today. When you speak. I will obey. I will go. And you'll make a way. You are my supply. You are my miracle. And I and someone else's. Let me not miss it. Father, you've heard those words come out of their very own mouth. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking you this week to begin to speak. Open doors. Telephones are ringing. Emails are coming. Jobs are opening. Relationships are coming. And we're going to be obedient when the doors are open to go. You are my miracle supply. Everything I need, you have. Everyone say these last words with me. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you.